Just Being Honest, the JBH Podcast. Let's rock this. True food, full thought. Welcome to the Just Being Honest Podcast. The JBH Podcast is here to inspire people to dramatically enhance their health, their well-being, and lifestyle by providing an honest perspective and knowledge on eating, quote, real food, whether that is in physical form, the healthiest version of a whole food substance, or mental. What are you saying to yourself? What are you listening from other people? Huh? The less toxins you put in your body, the less toxins that are out in the universe, the environment, and the less toxins that you are spreading onto humanity. It's about creating a life of sourcing transparency, mental freedom, and physical harmony. Guys, this is the Just Being Honest podcast. This is true food for thought. We are getting deep. Guys, I've got a deal for you. So I've been asked time and time again about how I get my skin to look basically like suede, uh, vegan suede, right? So I have this little secret that basically I'm going to keep a secret no longer. I have been using this product called Amina Adem Skincare. Um, I first met Amina, she gave me a facial and basically had been making this facial oils and these amazing cleansers from basically plants, essential oils, real stuff, no fillers. I've been using it constantly. I'm 32, guys, lines. I don't really see them. Um, Not only with that, about the essential oils, they have like, Basically, the connection with nature that they really, really counteract free radicals and damage around you. I absolutely love the ultra-nourishing face oil. I started using it after a pretty, pretty, I mean, if that word, that's actually a cool word, pretty radically dry spell um, flushed my complexion. Guys, I was lost and then... With only one pea-sized drop of the oil twice a day, voila, my skin was supple and nourished without any greasy residue aftermath. I love that. The scent is aromatic, but it's not overpowering. It complements your own personal scents nicely as well. I often at times pair the oil with the ultra-hydrating serum and the nourishing eye cream. Again, as I said before, I'm in my early 30s. I'm a business owner owner, and I'm frequently outdoors in the sunshine. I'm like a plant. And we all know that the ever so changing elements, not to forget the pollution in the air and just around us and all of the like Earth's properties can really do harm on our skin. But I am a true believer that these oils and serums are the best way to prevent and turn back time. I um continue to stock up as much as possible and I continue oh my gosh I kind of have freakouts when I'm almost out I continue to um you know use this until I'm hopefully above 100 100 years old how long am I gonna live till 
I don't know. But guys, I want to share this secret with you, and I want to give you a deal. So you can order off of aminaadem.com. I'll put all of this in the show notes. A-M-I-N-A-A-D-E-M.com. And if you enter code JBH10, you will get 10% off of your entire purchase. How about that? Go after it. Get some clear skin, start using it, and let me know exactly what you think. I can't wait to get you on this bandwagon. Let me know what you get. All right, that's JBH10. Um, it's raining. It's pouring. Seriously. I mean, <laughs> I actually uh, looked out the window and I was like, what is that noise? Oh, it's pouring. Pouring. It was sunny about two seconds ago. But guys, on to more important things on this episode, number 97 of the Just Being Honest podcast, my eyes are opened up even wider than they were before. Why? Because I have a true food for thought discussion with leading functional medicine expert, Dr. Eric Belkovich. And so what did we talk about? We talked about thyroid health, gut health, autoimmune health, and nerve health, and a little bit of a life health, right? And how all of these topics create our own unique system. I like to call the body. So how yours differs also from anyone and everyone else's. Remember that you are custom and how you can regain control in order to begin the healing process. So a little bit about Dr. Eric Balkovich. Dr. Eric Balkovich is a leading functional medicine expert with a focus and passion for thyroid physiology. He consults with people local at his Philadelphia area practice, as well as those in other areas and the country, actually all over the world. Dr. Balkovich has lectured locally, nationally, and internationally internationally on his unique approach to thyroid physiology and thyroid conditions. I know me personally, Guys, I'm going to go back in and get some tests done. So more on that. He is also the co-host of the Thyroid Answers podcast, as well as being a guest on multiple health-related podcasts like my own right here, right now. He has so many accolades that I cannot even keep track of, um, but I will put his website link below if you'd like more information about him. So turn up the volume, ladies and gentlemen, the Just Being Honest podcast is starting right now. Oh, wait, 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 before you fast forward, one quick announcement. I'm coming up on my 100th podcast episode. Can you believe that? Oh my gosh, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Um, so basically... I would like to invite you all to Sage Wellness in Santa Barbara. Sage Wellness in Santa Barbara for a live show. The date is, write this down, Sunday, December 15th, 
Sunday, December 15th at 10 a.m. We will be talking all about how you can get a jump start on cultivating a lifestyle that is authentically curated to your unique self. Guys, this event is absolutely free. It's my gift to you. Just a little thank you for being my honest supporters out there. It makes me a little emotional to kind of be honest with you, right? Um, you guys, again, this event is free, and you may even get some takeaways, um, maybe a complimentary gift. We'll see. So bring your friends and family and, of course, your hot cues. That's questions for all of you people that need to look it up in the Urban Dictionary, which I probably would have had to do. Um, bring your hot cues for me to answer. I cannot wait to give you a big, big hug. So that's Sage Wellness in Santa Barbara, December 15th at 10 a.m. That's a Sunday. Talk to you soon. Now on to the show. Hi guys, this is your host, KB, and this is the Just Being Honest podcast, your resource for health, nutrition, and my personal favorite, my lifestyle designing. Um, the game show host voice is coming out to play, um, but we kind of have some serious topics for the show today. We have an amazing guest. Um, I'm so excited to have him on. Um, you know, let me kind of tap back in saying that I am a huge believer, and I tell all of my clients this, that you need to have the essential tools in your toolbox, okay, stay with me, in order to build the house, you, that you want to build, all right? So, tools for our toolbox in my lifestyle designing is that your resources, who's on your team? Who is on your team? Who is in your support system box? Uh, the doctors that you choose, um, all of that nature, you know, the, nat the natural masseuses, what have you, aromatherapists. This is why I bring these guests on the show, because these are my tools to present to you. So our guest today, guys, I'm super, super excited about this. We're going to be talking primarily about kind of the function of the thyroid, how that can basically run so many things, most everything in your life, um, hormones, gut health, what have you. My guest is like a walking encyclopedia, so without further ado, I'm going to introduce him, Dr. Eric Belkovich. I hope I said that right, because I like to jazz up people's names, and your last name is a very unique, I mean, my name is so boring, last name is Brown, I mean, for God's sake, so whenever I hear a cool last name, I'm excited to give a little, a little more flair. Um, so Dr. Eric, welcome to the JBH podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yay! Um, so, I want you, well, first off, I want to talk a little bit about your childhood upbringing, because my personal belief is that everyone's childhood upbringing gives a major clue um, as to kind of how they're going to turn out in life, what their passion truly is. So I kind of want to tap back into 
what was your passion as a child? What was your childhood upbringing like? Wow. Um, my childhood upbringing was, um, I would say it was unique. I would, I would say, um, it was not, it was rough. I would say, um, I, I'm very close with my two siblings. I, uh, I would say I don't have a close relationship with my parents. It was strained from when I grew up. I pretty much left home pretty early and set out on my own. Um, and I would say I set out and went off to college not to be in medicine or functional medicine practitioner or chiropractor. Those are the last of the things I wanted to do. I was just getting away from home uh, to get away to, to go away to college just to get away from home. So uh, I started out actually um, in college as a business major and you know, headed off to the college I went to because they gave me money to wrestle. So I, I went off to school and I thought I was going to be a business major. But um, life happens. Car accident happened. Uh, wound up uh, injured, out of school, had to recover, wound up transferring to a different university so that I could um, pay for, because I always pay, I had to pay for my way through school, so transferred to a, a different place. Um, and uh, in that process of transferring from one school to the, to the other and getting myself kind of back to health, I... Uh, went to the Kutztown University and I went to go there and sign up for class in, in a false, in a winter, in like a, the second semester. And uh, I was going to do business and I couldn't get any of those classes. And I said to the advisor, I said, what, what major does nobody take? And they said, medical technology. I said, perfect. That's the one I want. And uh, he said, do you even know what it is? I said, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I'll just take it. And so I was doing a part-time job. I was actually working in the OR to, to pay uh, to pay my expenses while I was in between schools. So I was already working in the OR. So what the heck? I'm working in the OR. I might as well take some medical classes till I can get some business classes. And um, in the process of doing my medical technology major, um, I made a decision I was uh, probably going to go to med school. Um, and it just so happens that in my process of transferring to Kutztown and, uh, and starting my second college, uh, a career at Kutztown, um, I met uh, a gentleman who was a chiropractor in the town. I didn't know who he was. I, I was sitting in a bar having a, some dinner and had a rugby jacket on from Gettysburg college where I'd gone. And he said, you should come play rugby for us. And I'm like, uh, I can't even, I can barely walk. And so I'm, I, I, there's no way I can run anymore. Um, he's like, well, why don't, why don't you come see me? I'll fix you. And I'm like, well, who are you? He said, I'm, I'm Doc Jones. I'm the local chiropractor. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't believe in chiropractic. And he said, you know, tell me what you believe in. And I said, well, you know, he said, what did you do to help your back? He said, you know, I did some physical therapy. And I've seen a bunch of doctors. He's like, well, you're still struggling, right? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, I'll make a deal. If you come see me I'll, and I fix you, you have to play rugby for us. Mm. And if I can't fix you, you don't owe me anything. So um, I went and saw him. Three months later, I was back I was back walking around. I was doing great. I started playing rugby for him. And, and uh, he convinced me to go to chiropractic school instead of medical school. And, you know, the rest is, you know, you go out and you become a chiropractor and you have this, uh, you know, started out in chiropractic lifestyle and, and adjusting patients. But after a while being in chiropractic, I realized 
there, I needed to do more for some of these people. And that brought me back into blood chemistry, mm. um, and which was my background anyway. So I, medical technology is all about blood chemistry work. So that brought me back. And, um, and, and I eventually got heavily into thyroid physiology, what we're going to talk about a bunch today, because a family member of mine got diagnosed with hypothyroidism and um, you know, fibroids and iron deficiency. And, you know, the solution was let's, uh, put you on thyroid medication, take out your uterus and ovaries and, and put you on iron meds. And, you know, I realized that, you know, something else needed to be done here. This, something was wrong. And so then that really led me down this deep, um, adventure into thyroid physiology. And when you start asking people, about thyroid physiology, I'm learning what I'm learning and talk to my chiropractic patients. So many people were taking thyroid medication and, on, and, and not feeling fantastic that um, I, it really propelled me down that pathway. And, you know, I wound up with Hashimoto's myself. And so it makes it even more important. So, um, you know, this is now primarily uh, what I do now. I do a little bit of chiropractic care, but most of what I do is functional medicine. And most of what I, people come to see me for is thyroid stuff. But, you know, as you can't be just a thyroid specialist, you have to become a, you have to know it all because mm-hmm. thyroid is not the main problem is, from my perspective. Uh, it's a regulator and there's multiple things that create the problem. So I know I got off target a little bit, no. so I'll let you bounce right back. No, I'll bounce you back. But the thing is, as you see that why I asked that question is because it truly unveils where you get to today. Um, you know, your childhood upbringing took you here to there. It took you to a place, right? Your college career, you got hurt. Therefore you had to start to nurture yourself. Um, you had to transfer, you know, I mean, it's all a path, right? It's all a path. But what I find fascinating, fascinating and what I really want to stress um, to my clients, my audience, is that exactly what you said. Um, you know, people are throwing out words, thyroid, 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 thyroid is a regulator, right? It's, it's the yep. regulator. So you have to know everything about the body and you are a functional medicine doctor, which means Hello, the word is in the description. Functional, functional, right? Building your house, functional. It's not about take this pill, take that pill, but it's really about getting to the root cause. So that's why you specialize, yes, thyroid health, but also what's talking to that? What's helping regulate that? Your hormones, your gut, um, you know, the nerves, you know, like autoimmune, you know, that word's thrown out so much as well, but autoimmune also has the symptoms of all these things. So what people forget about is that our body is talking to different parts of the body, you know, and these are symptoms. These are are, uh, challenges, sure, but they um, they are symptoms that are saying like, we need to do something about this to heal that. So without me going off in a ton tangent, I want to hear more because you said it was a family member that really got you to dive in deep to thyroid health, um, which this is a big deal because um, you knowing all aspects, um, I want you to kind of give us an intro as to um, this natural healing process um, besides just like chiropractic work, right? 
but like what what are things that start kind of you know throwing off the thyroid you know because we have the hormones and it's a whole bag of worms <laughs> yeah so i would say physiology and problems with physiology and problems with thyroid symptomatology starts long before the thyroid gland, gland becomes problematic i would say the vast majority of issues uh, that when we're talking about thyroid physiology problems uh, don't start in the thyroid gland it starts in the peripheral cells so Thyroid hormone regulates your cells. It regulates the metabolism, and so it is the great regulator of physiology. And so in a healthy system, thyroid hormone is used to increase mitochondrial function, increase energy production, to help with gene uh, regulation, produce enzymes, and do all these fantastic things that help us grow and develop. When there's excessive stress on a cell, and excessive stress pushes a cell or a or cells into what we call a danger response, then what can happen is thyroid hormone that's within the cell can become deactivated or downregulated. Okay, so we have a thyroid gland that's a butterfly shaped gland in your neck. It produces T4, T3. Those T, T4 and T3 are the primary hormones made by the gland. They float around in the bloodstream, but to have function, most of the function of thyroid hormone happens inside your cells, not in the blood. So what's more relevant is what's happening to thyroid hormone once it gets inside of the cells, not what's, how much is in the blood. So once the thyroid hormone gets inside the cells, then the cells determine what happens to it. If the cell wants to increase its metabolism, make more energy, make more ATP, make more um, things for growth and development, it's going to increase thyroid hormone conversion from T4 to T3. That T3 binds to receptors and that drives nuclear actions. It drives mitochondrial function. If, however, a cell is in danger, let's say there's a bacteria, a virus, or a toxin inside the cell, then the cell wants to slow down the metabolism and fend off or defend itself find the organism, the pathogen, the toxin, and get rid of it. And part of that process is, is activated by deactivating T4 and T3. And when the body deactivates T4 and T3, mitochondrial function goes down, energy production goes down, nuclear actions go, to, go down, and what happens is the immune and inflammatory process increases, okay? And so anytime thyroid hormone is deactivated in tissues, that's going to trigger cellular hypothyroidism. The reason somebody has hypothyroid symptoms is not because of how much thyroid hormone is in the blood, but because there's too little thyroid hormone in the tissues. And all the tissues of the body regulate differently. So under signs of, under a danger signal, uh, your, your brain and your the rest of your body pretty much regulate differently. And so tissues that are in danger are gonna downregulate thyroid hormone. You're gonna have thyroid symptoms related to those tissues. And some areas may be upregulated. So you may not have hypothyroid symptoms in other organs and tissues. So let me ask you a question. You kind of started off with talking about a root cause being excessive stress. Um, do you find, because I, <laughs> I know as well as many other people that Stress is like literally the silent killer. Stress is, you know, I don't know. I just know the how stress and chronic stress 
silently has had a, an effect on my personal life. Um, and do you believe that that is a cause to many of the, um, I want to say the downregulating of the cell functions? Well, let's do it this way. Okay. So let's talk about stress. So stress is physical, right? It can be a physical stress and strain. It could be emotional stress and strain. It could be trauma. It could mm -hmm. be infection. It could be toxicity. And the cells are, de are designed to manage some stress, but there's a threshold of stress that the cells can manage. And if, the if that threshold of stress becomes excessive, then it triggers a danger signal, okay? Mm -hmm. So if we think about it, like exercise is stress, right? Exercise isn't bad for you, but if you do exhaustive exercise, it will put you into danger, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a runner. So, mm -hmm. and an outdoor athlete, right? So if you go run, if I, if you take somebody who's never run a race, anything, right? I don't care if it's a 5k, let's say, but let's say we take somebody who's never run before and we make them run a marathon, right? They That's a stress. To, it's a stress to me, stress to you if we run the marathon, but it's stress that our tissues are adaptable to. We can manage it. We've trained for it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it is a stress but it's not gonna put me into danger, okay? Mm -hmm. Now I take somebody who's never really run and I make them run that same marathon and probably at a faster pace, at least initially than they should have. And what's gonna happen is somewhere around mile eight, you know, maybe mile 12, mile, mile 18, they put so much stress on their tissues that now the, their, their tissues are sensing danger and now their physiology starts to shut down, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, so some stress is okay. You stress, right? Makes us stronger. So there's a hormetic effect to stress. And I think we've got to be careful when we talk about stress because that gets, that's like such an easy term to mm -hmm. use, but stress in itself is not bad because we wouldn't say that exercise is bad and it's a stress. Um, uh, but negative stressors or, or cumulative stress that puts us into danger is what's going to create most of the healthcare problems. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you, um, cause beyond that, you know, like these symptoms can come up, um, through many different phases. Um, I know me personally, I like, I'll give a kind of an example. Yes. M emotional stress. I've gone through trauma. I've gone through what have you life occurrences. Yes. That's like emotional stress. Um, another thing I've gone through is environmental toxins. I've gone through a couple bouts of extreme mold. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and finding out I'm a poor methylator with that. And so that has a number on the body as well. Um, you know, having autoimmune issues like Raynaud's and stuff, that's also another issue too. And thinking like I was reading over about your, um, subject on nerves and peripheral neuropathy. Um, mm -hmm. so it all goes hand in hand. The thing I have a question about, and maybe many people can relate to is, these are cumulative issues. Like these are all like puzzle pieces that like me, I try not to be a worry wart, but like subconsciously I'm like, oh my gosh, like, like sure I've gotten thyroid issues, um, you know, in the, the generic testing, right? But this is not something that you can test for per se, just at, from your internist getting a blood draw. Um, because you are talking about cellular, cellular right. interaction. So with the things that I just kind of spewed out there about what I've gone through, 
how is that having an effect on my hormonal health, thyroid health, what have you? And what can we do about it? Well, I mean, if you've had trauma, and trauma is one of those things that, and I I think on my podcast I had uh, Veronique Mead, and she has um, a great website on trauma. And we, we see a couple things happen, right? There's, we have, when there's trauma, we have fight and flight, which we typically talk about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, either, we either run or we fight. But there's another phase, and that's called freeze. And that's where instead of running and instead of fighting, we just do our best to we freeze. We kind of try and adapt to it. And we kind of shut out things. And that means that we never really deal with the underlying trauma. It's still there. It's still having its impact. And so trauma can be a huge thing that never really leaves, and it can be a cumulative factor. When it comes to traumas and stresses like physical stress or toxic, toxicity uh, or infections, we're, the, the immune system is still adaptable to address many of those things. But I think the best way to kind of look at how these things drive cellular hypothyroidism and then maybe autoimmunity and then full gland dysfunction is if you think about a like a teeter-totter right old school teeter-totter if i if i put you in the middle of that teeter-totter and let's say i put some stress on it i put a five pound weight on one end would would you be able to adapt to it five pounds if i'm in the middle of it yeah sure sure i could kind of like wiggle a little bit bit, yeah yeah so that's a little bit of negative stress in your life, easy to adapt to, you shift your weight a little bit, you're good, right? Everything's good. Um, But if I dropped a 500 pound weight on it, how would you do? I would go flying through the wall. And that is, that's like acute trauma or acute stress, right? It's greater than you can adapt to and that can create that danger signal pretty quickly, okay? Mm -hmm. If it's short lived, it's not a big deal, your body responds. But if that 500-pound weight is left there, then your body's going to have to try and adapt to that acute stress if it never goes away. That can create a problem. The other issue, and probably the one that gets most of us, is not the 500-pound weight, but the little 5-pound weights that I keep putting onto the teeter-totter and you keep having to adjust to over time. Mm. And so you keep trying to adapt and keep adapting and keep adapting. Before you know it, your muscles are cramping, your legs are spasming, you got a headache, and your body is shutting down some functions to adapt to all of this chronic stress. Mm. So that typically winds up being the bigger issue for many people. And so I look at hypothyroidism as more of a spectrum disorder. We have some stress trauma that creates cell stress that puts the cells into danger. That creates cellular hypothyroidism. So the cells start to locally deactivate thyroid hormone to deal with the stress or danger. If it's short-lived, it's no big deal. It's short-term symptomatology, and it goes away when the stress goes away, okay? But if the stress persists, then this then really kind of phase two happens. Those, those cells that are under danger can release danger signals, these things called damps and PAMPs, and they're released into the bloodstream, and those damps and PAMPs activate the immune system, and the thyroid gland is very sensitive to these things called damps and PAMPs. And when the, when the thyroid gland perceives these danger signals, it can, it can initiate a self-destruction mode. 
Okay? Mm. And you can get self-destruction of the thyroid tissue. The thyroid tissue can actually start breaking itself down. And that can become the autoimmune attack. Okay? Okay. And then if that persists for an extended period of time, then eventually there may be enough destruction of the gland that somebody eventually winds up having their TSH rise above lab range and their T4 level below lab range and get diagnosed as hypothyroidism, primary hypothyroidism. But by the time they've gotten to that state, it's believed that close to 90% of the thyroid gland has been destroyed by the immune process. So most people who are struggling with hypothyroid symptoms, they're tired, they're fatigued, they can't get pregnant, they're constipated, their hair is thinning. They go to their doctor and they say to their doctor, I'm tired of fatigue. I looked up these symptoms. It, lo it looks and sounds like hypothyroidism. I want to be checked. And a doctor runs a TSH with reflex to T4, which means they run a TSH test. If TSH is normal within you know, 0.35 to 0.6, if it's within that lab range, nothing else is done, the person is deemed normal, and the doctor says, there's nothing wrong with you, you're just, you're, you eat too much, you don't exercise enough, and you're just crazy, right? You're, you're stressed out. I'll give you an anti-anxiety medication. You eat less and do a diet and exercise every day and you'll be fine. Now, that's probably the worst advice you could give that person. Mm -hmm. Why? Because if you already have lots of stress on your system, it's gonna and stress I you more. starve you, yeah, I calorie restrict you, right? Uh, like most people do a diet, like I'll eat 500 calories, you know, I'll just eat 500 calories less per meal and I'll, and I'll, and that's how I'll do it. And then they go to the gym and they do an hour or two hours of exhaustive exercises, which is what, again, it's a stress. Mm -hmm. And you and I would say, well, exercise is great. Yeah. But not for this person who's already dealing with maybe a subclinical infection, a mold toxicity, maybe heavy metal toxicity, right? So they've already got that stress and now we've added two more stresses to them and then maybe a medication. It's worse advice. Mm -hmm. Now, if their TSH is above lab range, then the free T4 will be tested. And if the free T4 is below lab range, then they'll be diagnosed as primary hypothyroid. If it's not below lab range, then they'll be diagnosed as subclinical hypothyroid and nothing is done. And they may go back off and struggle for weeks, months, or years, keep going back to doctors until eventually that TSH is too high and T4 is too low, and the doctor will finally say, hey, now you have hypothyroidism. And the patients will say, but I have, these are all the same symptoms I've had for the last six years. Why weren't they hypothyroid symptoms then? Because your TSH wasn't out of range and your T4 wasn't low. But had they done a, a closer investigation of somebody's lab work, maybe looked at their cholesterol level, maybe looked at a full thyroid panel, maybe looked at thyroid antibodies, maybe looked for insulin resistance, or, or list, just listen to the patient's signs and symptoms, they may have found it. And to be fair, it's not really the primary care physician's Specialty. That they're not doing the wrong job. Yeah. No, no, no. They're not. They're doing the right job. The insurance company has, and the and the and the thyroid organization guidelines are. The treatment guidelines are that there is no thyroid problem until the thyroid gland is diseased. Okay. Ah. Yeah. That's so, uh, that's oh. my theory. Is uh, no one gets basically. Okay. How can I say this nicely? There's nothing wrong with you unless you're completely sick you know like no one gets paid unless someone gets sick that's kind of how our health insurance and all that 
lifestyle works these days, right? There's nothing right, good about preventing model. anything, right? Look, we have a disease management model. We don't have yeah. a d disease prevention model. We have yeah. a disease management model. And we don't measure, we're not concerned in the insurance-based model about dysfunction. We're concerned more about disease. So you could have disease and we're interested, but if you just have dysfunction, the best thing we're gonna do is give you something to suppress your symptoms until we can find a disease. You know, IBS is one of those great examples, right? Somebody has gas, bloating, pressure, constipation, diarrhea, they go to their doctor, they get a scope done, there's no disease, no celiac, no Crohn's, no colitis, and so they'll get diagnosed with IBS. Well, what the heck does that mean? Irritable bowel syndrome. Well, what does that mean? It means it's irritable. It's inflamed. It's irritable. But, but what's wrong with it, Doc? We, it's just irritable. That Some people get it. And you know what? We're going to define it even better. You have IBS-C because you have constipation. Or you may have IBS-D because you have diarrhea. Or you maybe have IBS-M, which is mixed, because you have both diarrhea and constipation at times. Yeah. But you don't have a disease. You just have a disorder. And we're just going to give you things to manage your symptoms until we can find the pathology until it becomes celiac, until it becomes Crohn's, until it becomes colitis. Well, at that point, it's too late. Something is causing the dysfunction, but the allopathic model is not set up to address dysfunctions because it's a surgery or drug-based model. And it's not that I'm not bashing the medical community. That's what it's all about. It's great for acute care. If I get in a car accident on my way home, I absolutely want to go to the emergency room, not my functional medicine practitioner. Mm -hmm. But if I, if I want to stay healthy, the best thing I could possibly do is see a functional medicine practitioner early and often and get to the root issues or the root causes of problems. I 1,000% agree with you. Guys, he said it right there. Root problems, root problems. Because you know what? I use this analogy all the time. Band-Aid, right? Put a Band-Aid on a scratch. But... Until you let it breathe, you know, it's not going to heal, right? So really, really let that, you know, scab evolve and get over there and heal the skin. But you can put Band-Aids off, but guys, Band-Aids fall off. Or you're going to have to get a bigger Band-Aid or what have you. So root cause, that's that's the way that we're, that we're heading. And that's why Dr. Eric has created... You know, rejuvagen, you know, the strategic, strategic um, functional medicine. Um, and, and I want to go further with this because, you know, I want to ask you, we were talking about testing and diving in deeper to the, the, the tests that we really should be getting. If you feel as though your symptoms are persisting, um, say someone comes to you, they go to more of a specialist, they get away from that doctor, or maybe they can even ask that doctor, um, you know, I have these symptoms, I want to get tested for what? What are the specific tests besides the generic panel um, that they would give you, that your practitioner would give you? What should they be asking? Well, <laughs> When you come to a functional medicine practitioner, most, I would say, a good percentage of the functional medicine practitioners are going to start out, or should, in my opinion, start out with a good comprehensive metabolic panel. Now, that means something different to everybody. If you came to me and I said, we're going to run a comprehensive metabolic panel, it's about 65 tests. 
if you went to your medical doctor and said, I want to get a comprehensive met met metabolic panel done, it would be about 14 tests, okay? But if when we talk about thyroid physiology, we want to be looking at things like TSH, total T4, total T3, free T4, free T3. You can get T3 uptake done, reverse T3. You can you get thyrobinding globulin measured. You can get TPO, TGA antibodies, and you might even consider TSI antibodies depending on what somebody's TSH levels are. That's the thyroid panel. But there's other markers that are good indications that the person's got some level of cellular hypothyroidism going on. One of those things to do would be run a, a glucose panel that includes fasting glucose, hemoglobin A1C, fasting insulin, you can run C-peptide, you can do their HOMA score. But if somebody has cellular hypothyroidism, insulin resistance and poor blood sugar regulation is one of the things that's going to occur when somebody has cellular hypothyroidism. Because to get glucose into your muscle tissue requires thyroid hormone inside the cell. So a cell under danger is not going to bring in thyroid or, or bring glucose in efficiently. Mm -hmm. You have four glucose transporters. You get glut one, two, three, and four. Glucose transporter four is insulin dependent. So that means glucose. you need to have insulin for that glucose transporter to bring glucose in. That glucose transporter has to have sufficient levels of thyroid hormone to work right. So if I have cellular hypothyroidism going on, when I eat my meal, I am, I'm going to be more insulin resistant. So I'm going to require more insulin to get glucose into cells and tissues. So a higher insulin level, fasting insulin, if it's over eight, your fasting insulins are too high. Some people would say even lower, but definitely if it's over eight, your fasting insulin is too high. It's a great indication that you have cellular hypothyroidism. If your fasting blood sugar is elevated, it's a good sign you might have cellular hypothyroidism because glucose transporter one and three are glucose transporters that bring glucose in that don't require insulin. And again, both of those glucose transporters require cellular levels of thyroid hormone. So if we see fasting glucose elevated, hemoglobin A1C or insulin elevated, the person's probably got some level of cellular hypothyroidism going on. You could look at a lipid panel. If somebody's got elevated cholesterol, one of the prime reasons that cholesterol is elevated in the blood work is because the person has cellular hypothyroidism. To use glucose from food and convert it into energy inside your mitochondria requires thyroid hormone. If you have cellular hypothyroidism, and your mitochondria are gonna become downregulated, you're not gonna be able to push glucose through Krebs cycle and make ATP, so that glucose is gonna spit back out of the cell and be converted into cholesterol. Cholesterol is gonna rise. So it's a great reason why somebody's going to have elevated cholesterol. So if they never got a thyroid panel but had elevated cholesterol, before they should ever go on a statin, they should be checked for cellular hypothyroidism. The problem is the literature also says that the person should be checked for hypothyroidism. But if somebody runs a TSH, they may not see cellular hypothyroidism because TSH is not a very good marker of thyroid physiology in the body. We've been told it is, but it's not. If you think about it, the number one problem we have in the United States is chronic low-grade inflammation, right? Mm -hmm. Chronic low-grade inflammation suppresses the production of TSH. So we're, the, one, the major problem we have is chronic low-grade inflammation. 
it suppresses TSH, making it look falsely low. And yet we're using that one marker to determine if somebody has a thyroid condition. So it, it becomes an invalid marker. The, the literature says that TSH is a great marker to detect thyroid pathology, but the, you can have thyroid nodules and have totally normal TSH. It is not a valid marker of thyroid physiology in the body on its own, and it's definitely not a marker, a great marker of thyroid physiology at the gland on its own. It just, it's just not. So you can look, again, you go back and look at glucose, you look at lipids, you can look at other inflammatory markers, elevated homocysteine, CRP. You see elevated inflammatory markers, you probably have cellular hypothyroidism. Why? Because elevated inflammatory markers increase the conversion of T4 to reverse T3, the deactivation of thyroid hormone. And it's part of that, that cellular defense process. So there's a lot of different markers without kind of boring everybody as to what you can look at on a comprehensive blood panel. But I would tell everybody that if you're going to, re if you think you have cellular, if you think you have hypothyroidism and your doctors told you you are normal, you, it doesn't matter if you go to the best endocrinologist or you go to your primary care physician. They're going to run the same two tests, TSH, reflex, the free T4. It doesn't matter. You're not, even if you ask them to run the rest of the panel, it's not, they're going to either tell you it's not necessary or not needed because they are running TSH and T4 so that they can prescribe a drug. Mm -hmm. They're prescribing thyroid hormone. And the thought process is as long as I normalize TSH and T4, I fixed the problem. But it doesn't fix the problem for the vast majority of people. So my suggestion is, Always ask for that comprehensive panel, TSH, T4, T3, free T4, free T3, reverse T3, thyroid antibodies, T3 uptake, but expect that a primary care physician and an endocrinologist will tell you they do not need those tests. They're not needed. And the reason they're going to tell you they're not needed is because insurance companies have said, hey, we don't need you to run those tests. They're not medically necessary because the only treatment or the only tool in your medical doctor or your endocrinologist toolbox when you have hypothyroidism is to give you T4 therapy. If they, if they don't have a reason to give you T4 therapy, there's, no, there's nothing else to do. So they're not going to run a reverse T3 because it's not relevant to them because they don't have a tool to address elevated reverse T3. So they don't look at it. What gets measured gets managed. And if you're not going to manage something, you don't measure it. Ooh, I like that. Measured is managed. I love that. So let me, I have so many questions that I want to ask you, but one being, um, for you specifically, being an expert in this, um, and you are in uh, Philadelphia or Pennsylvania? Philly, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and the center is there, correct. So, I'm in California, for instance. What if I wanted to work with you? Would I have to fly there or could I have a blood test done here and then you analyze it? Or could my blood be sent to your labs or what have you? Like, how does that work for someone that's not in your area? So there's, for a lot of people, there's an option to do things like teleconsulting or phone consulting or, or, or visit the office. There's a lot of options for different people to reach out to me to be able to get some help. Um, you know, my goal is never to, you know, take anybody away from anybody that they're happy working with. But I think my perspective on thyroid physiology is, is really quite a bit different 
from uh, even some of my, my peers in, in functional medicine. Um, I just look at it differently. When we talked before about autoimmunity, you know, everybody's talked about autoimmunity, the immune system's out of control, it's lost control, it, it, it's, it, it's lost its way. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't buy it. I think the, the immune system, we've been around for you know, a long time. I think the immune system, at least in the beginning, is trying to defend itself. Uh, it's trying to protect, protect the cells, protect the tissues, and autoimmunity becomes a consequence of chronic stress and danger. And so we need to stop thinking that the immune system is always out of control and instead, we need to look at it like, okay, why is the immune system, what's it looking to fight? What's it looking to, to address? What's it looking to fix? And we have to stop looking at hypothyroidism, especially Hashimoto's, as the mistake of an immune system. Instead, think of it as, hmm, my body's trying to slow my metabolism down for a reason, and now I got to find that reason. Yeah. I don't look at it as a mistake, right? So I, I agree with you a lot in the fact that these are all symptoms um, of a greater being. I know I watch, I'm very delicate. I know my body very well, um, when I can balloon up, when I cannot. I know my history of what I've gone through, you know, concussions, what have you, how that has effect on bodies as well. Mold, environmental toxins, as I mentioned before, the type of water that you drink and how that has an effect on your body. Um, a thousand percent but you know these are all symptoms and as you mentioned before until you get down to the root cause and the lifestyle and the environment that you live in nothing's gonna change so I want to ask you to set up because no one's perfect but in an ideal world according to you dr. Eric um, what would be you know me being a lifestyle designer what would be step one to creating um, a lifestyle lifestyle practices that are, I guess you could say, um, basically setting up for like a gold standard of a healthy thyroid gut or an overall just like function of the body and the immune system. Yeah, I think you look at this as an organism versus a system, right? Instead of a, like a thyroid, how do I fix my thyroid? How do I fix my gut? You look at it as a system. And one of the things that it is most important to me is that we have to address what I call the fitness factors, okay? So you need fitness in a bunch of different areas in your life, and the fitter you are in those areas is gonna determine your resiliency, okay? So what is your, you know, what's your dietary fitness? Like, what do you eat, right? Mm -hmm. Are you eating a whole food-based diet or are you eating a diet full of junk, right? Mm -hmm. So dietary fitness is key. You need to have, you have to have, what's your sleep fitness? Do you, are you sleeping mm -hmm. seven to eight hours uninterrupted per night? Mm -hmm. Or are you waking up two, three times a night? You go to bed too late, you get up too early. Hey, this is, and these are the things that, that I'm talking about are free. I mean, most of these things are free for people to work on. But people don't, either they're not aware of how big of an impact these things are, or they just don't want to work on those things. And many people are looking for the, or for the magic pill that can help them or this magic supplement. And it, let me tell you, it does not exist. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you got dietary fitness, you got, um, sleep fitness, we got respiratory fitness, how you breathe is critical to your overall health and well-being. And so many people breathe inappropriately. Mm -hmm. There are mouth breathers versus nasal breathers. And especially at night, 
If you're breathing through your mouth at night, you're creating hypoxia, which means decreased oxygen to your brain. Decreased oxygen to your brain is going to cause what? A danger signal to your body. Hey, I'm not getting enough oxygen. If your brain's not getting enough oxygen, it's a danger signal. So what's it going to do? It's going to shut down thyroid physiology and mitochondrial function because if there's not enough oxygen and your mitochondria require oxygen, you need to slow down metabolism. And so how do you do that? You deactivate thyroid hormone. So you have to be able to breathe appropriately. So mouth tape, nose tape, start retraining your breathing. It's critical to well-being. And it is so, it's, it is one of the biggest things that when we talk about disrupted sleep, which often occurs because people have abnormal breathing and poor breathing lead to what? Guess what? Weight gain. When people don't sleep well, they gain weight. Why do you think they gain weight? Because if you have disrupted sleep, guess what that is? The ghrelin. That's a danger yeah. signal, right? It's a danger signal to your system. It's okay if it's one night of not sleeping well, but if it's night after night after night, your body is getting danger signal, danger signal. Now you add abnormal breathing on top of that, and now you've got major da danger signals occurring. So you've got you have to have structural fitness, right? If you don't have good muscle tone, you don't have core strength, you don't have cardiovascular fitness, you're, how are you gonna maintain the structure? Everything's gonna be tight, achy. So incorporate things like strength training, cardiovascular training, hit cycles, yoga, get those things in there. You have to have emotional fitness. So the six inches between your ears, right, is really important for overall health and well-being. Who do you talk to the most in any given day? Everybody says my husband, my spouse, my friend. That's all bull. You talk to you the most every given mm. day. So what are, you what are you telling yourself? Are you beating yourself up? Are you creating your own emotional stress? Are you saying, man, I, I, I'm too fat. I don't like my muffin top. My hair's not right. I don't like the way I look. You're so stupid, right? I'll never do this. What is the? Ex what are you telling yourself? I think it was said that men say about 300 words to themselves on a, on a daily basis. Like women wonder why men don't talk to them. Listen, we don't like to talk, right? We go into our little private man cave in our brain and we just kind of hang out there. You know, somebody says, what are you thinking about? We're like nothing. We're just hanging out. We're not thinking about anything. Women say about 3,000 words to themselves on a daily basis. Mm. And so what are you saying to yourself? Are you your own emotional stressors? People blame other people, experiences, things that happen to them as their stress. Look, bad stuff happens to everybody. Crap has happened to me in my life. I've had a number of terrible things happen. Guess what happens? You, you have to pick yourself up and move on. I heard somebody say once, that we, that we look at life wrong. When are you the happiest? If Catherine, if I asked you, when are you the happiest? Oh my gosh, I'm the happiest in nature. Okay, so you're typically the happiest when things are going right, right? Yeah. And when are you the saddest? <sighs> Obviously. And most things, stressed. When I, things aren't going right, When things right, are right? piling up. Right, so here's what I was told. When, you're, when, every, when things have always gone well, when things are really going right, what always happens after that? Something there's a down, go, downfall. There's a, there's a down scoop, right? It's the fear of that and when too. Yeah. Things are at the bottom and they're looking terrible. What typically happens? It's, it's the things it, go up. It's like after a good cry, you're like, Oh, it's great. Right. It's a roller coaster. Life is a roller coaster. Okay. So here's where we make the mistake. People are always the happiest when things are great, yes. but you know, you know, something bad is going to happen. And yet you're surprised and you're depressed when it does. 
And, and it happens again and again and again. Right. And every time something bad happens, we're depressed, like the world's going to end. But guess what? Inevitably, guess what happens? You're the happy. The sun up tomorrow. <laughs> so know. we have to change our mindset about how we think about things, right? Because we things are going to get better. So when you're at your happiest moment, you shouldn't start being sad. Oh, no, the world's going to end. But you should be aware that th- something that bad may happen. And I just need to be aware of it and prepared for it so I can deal with it. And when things seem like they are terrible, you should be super excited because if you keep your mind open, something good is going to happen. You just have to be aware and ready for it to happen. So emotional stability is critically important. So I call that emotional fitness. Then we have things like microbial fitness. What's going on with the organisms in your body? You're loaded with them. Are you keeping them under control or are they dysbiotic? They're all over the place, right? We have brain fitness. We have metabolic fitness. So there's these fitness factors, and I talk about them in my upcoming book, but these are the things that I work through with my patients. So what's your environmental fitness? Like for you, you're talking about, hey, mold toxicity. I got maybe chlorine toxicity. What's your environmental fitness? What's your water like when you drink it? Is it tap water? Is it well water? Have you looked at EWG and looked up your zip code and what's in your public water? Yes, I did. Oh, believe me. I am like the star student of how I've healed this. I, um, I, not only did I move, I moved from LA to Santa Barbara, but I also, you know, I did all of the, um, like the glutathione with the with the infrared sauna, I did literally shut myself off because my brain, I had so much neurotoxins, I shut myself off, did like, tw- I'm doing twice a day meditations because I'm healing internally. Um, my water system, guys, yes, test, ewg.org. You can look up your zip code to see what's in your water. That is a huge, huge function. So. I highly suggest me personally. I have a Berkey water filter with the um, the the charcoal filters, the fluoride, get all that shit out. Excuse me. Oh my gosh. Excuse my language. But seriously, yes, doctor. Like you're one thousand percent correct on all of this. Um, right. And I'm and I'm sure you talk about this with your with your group, right? What are you sleeping on? Are you sleeping on a, a pillow that's loaded with toxins. nonsense? These toxins, yeah. a, a mattress. What are you putting under your arm for deodorant? Yes. What are you putting in your hair? I mean, the nightly news just had it on the other night, how hair dye is creating breast cancer. What are you spraying I mean, in your house? There's so many. Yes. Yeah, there's so many things that are toxic. When when I developed Hashi's, you know, I think about what I was doing. I was training for triathlons. Mm-hmm. I'm swimming in a swimming pool, which mm-hmm. is loaded with what? Chlorine, Chemicals, right? but and I'm so, a swimmer. Right. I have to. <laughs> so it's just another stressor, you know, so you're – you're training, you're mm-hmm. working, you're doing coaching or whatever, you're cutting your out your sleep short so you can get all this study and your work done and your training done, all those things. So it's stress on top of stress, on top of stress, on top of stress. And guess what happens? Even to me, you know, I'm, I pull up my blood work, I'm insulin resistance, I got thyroid antibodies, I got, I'm, you know, I've got hypothyroidism. I'm like, what the heck? I shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm the healthy guy, right? Mm-hmm. I got the, I've got a good, really I got a pretty good diet. I'm doing exercise. I'm doing all those things. But what I realized, and this is what goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning, there's stress, right? And there's you stress and there's distress, but stress, if it's more than the body can manage, becomes problematic. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. And I was, I just had too many. Overtraining becomes mm. problematic when you have that on top of poor breathing, broken nose, mm-hmm. mouth breather, mm-hmm. right? Uh, short sleep patterns because I was trying to only sleep five hours a night, four hours, five hours, so I get a lot of studying done and do stuff. Plus work, plus family, plus coaching, plus, plus, plus. It breaks you down. It'll break anybody down. Guys, but remember. Things, yeah, the pluses. <laughs> you remember math? Pluses. Like two, like, how am I going to say this? Plus, 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 sometimes equals a negative, right? Yeah. So, no, 100%. I'm going to interrupt you with that because I know you're super busy and I don't want to take up too much of your time. And I do honestly want to have you back onto the show to talk about more because I could go on forever. But I want to say that you have clearly explained <laughs> so much and we have so much more we could talk to. I'm going to put all of your links in the show notes. I want to ask you one more question because, mm-hmm. guys, and also I want to point this out, the, the fitnesses with the diet, the sleep, what have you, those are true. And I can tell you real-life occurrences with me and my clients just in the span of a couple of months working with one particular client with her sleep. She wasn't sleeping for three years, chronic stress, what have you. I started working with her. She's sleeping throughout the night now because I have systems like Dr. Eric has pointed out with the breathing. We breathe every single time during our our um, consultations. So it works wonders. It's all taking you back to awareness. Awareness. Whoo! I could just like talk for days about this. Um, but I know you have some fun celebratory family Um, things that you want to get to. So I want to ask you one more question and I promise you we will have you back onto the show. Um, Especially when your new book comes out. We'll have to tap on that. Are you allowed to share the title of what that's going to be called? Yeah, the book, the title of the book is called The Thyroid Debacle. Okay guys, so keep that in the back of your brain. That's coming out hopefully within um, the first couple of months of 2020. But, all right, I'm going to ask you one more question. Are you ready for this? Yep. All right. Dr. Eric Belkovich, for $1 million. Okay. Not really, but I'll send you play money. Um, what is your honest truth that has led you on a path to success in maintaining a healthy lifestyle? I would say the biggest thing that driven me to leading a healthy lifestyle is looking at the health of of family members. Mm. Um, How sick family members were and how miserable that makes people. And I think in some, to some degree I do, I, I do what I do in, in, in spite of those people, because I don't want to be like them, mm. um, and so I, I, it's it's something I'm driven to do. But I think it's because I saw that in my my in the adults in my life when I was younger, they just weren't healthy people, and I just didn't want to be like that. I love it. I love it, guys. Let that be kind of like your true food for thought. Okay, true food for thought. So. 
Dr. Eric, thank you so much for being on the Just Being Honest podcast. It has been a joy and a pleasure. And let me ask you, where can everyone find you on the World Wide Web, maybe social media, what have you? So I am, people can find me at rejuvagencenter.com. That's my website. And if they're interested in some type of, um, interested in finding out if they can work with me, they can go there. We offer a complimentary discovery consultation. They can just go onto the site and and schedule a discovery consultation. Um, And then we can decide if we might be a good pair to work together. I'm on Instagram, YouTube. I think it's either rejuvagen or it's Dr. Eric Ballcabbage. They can find me. Uh, we have the Thyroid Answers podcast, so if they go to iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere they get uh, I, I, you know, podcasts, you can listen to the Thyroid Answers podcast, and I have lots of uh, free videos on YouTube and, and Vimeo on different aspects of thyroid physiology. And then we'll hopefully in February we'll be doing a little bit more of a book tour when the book comes out. And uh, you can also go to the website. I think on the website we actually have, if you want to be one of those people that gets uh, first notice of when the book comes out, go to the rejuvagencenter.com website and uh, put your name down. And when as book stuff is getting released, you'll be one of those first people to get some of the information. Yes, I will go for sure. Me, 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 me. Okay, well, thank you so much. And, um... Guys, we are on Spotify. Seriously, my brain is so full. I love this. We are on Spotify, iTunes, um, Apple Podcast, Simplecast FM, iHeart Radio. A new podcast coming out each and every week. Until next time, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. Remember to stay aware of your lifestyle. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me. Until next time, kiss, kiss, hug, hug, peace, love, ciao. My favorite part of this episode with thyroid specialist, Dr. Eric Balkovich, is that we are our own unique systems. Systems. In order to function at our most prime capacity, we must be aware of our honesty through our diet, sleep, and respiratory patterns. So I ask you, are you keeping yourself honest? Are you? To all of my JBH listeners and supporters, I hope you all got a lot of value out of this episode today. I know I did. I mean salivating, salivating over the information. And thank you so much for hanging out with me each and every week. And if you did, please make sure to Share this out with your friends and your family on social media, and you can tag me at just being honest KB. Remember, that's being without a G. So it's J U S T B E I N H O N E S T K B. I'm so grateful for your support, and I always love to see your comments rolling in. And. A little gift for me would be if you could please head over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. F-R-E-E. Free. No cost to you. But it helps me bring guests to you each and every week. Better guests, right? Um, and content. And sponsors. And freebies. And giveaways. What have you. Anyways, I would value it so much. And I'll... As always, I appreciate y'all so much. Until next time, thanks for joining in.
Yeah, that is me indulging in one of my favorite things in life. I was thinking about it the other day and I don't think I could live without tea. I think it's actually within my veins. But I'm very particular about what type of tea I put in my body and also what companies, what brands I stand behind. That is why I like Buddha teas. So here's their philosophy. The Buddha teas philosophy, they strive to create teas that do more than just satisfy a thirst. Guys, Buddha teas uses fresh, high quality ingredients to explore nature's best qualities and enrich the lives of tea drinkers everywhere. I know I'm enriched every time I take a little sip. The fresh organic herbs and tea leaves allow their teas to stay pure and natural, free from chemicals, preservatives, and basically guys, they don't add flavoring. What? Yes, you got that. Natural flavoring, right? <laughs> Gimmick. All right, the minimal processing and eco-friendly packaging helps to honor and protect the earth with every tea that they make. So, so you guys can get 15% off by using code JBH15 at checkout. Stock up on your CBD teas, maybe some fennel tea, digestive teas, uh, maybe some sleepy time tea, chakra teas, you name it, they probably have it. So 15% off, use code JBH15 at checkout. Enjoy. Hello, sweet beans. I wanted to remind you that today's podcast was brought to you by the Just Being Honest team. Yeah, KB, me. So KB's lifestyle design, what's it all about? As I mentioned before, it's about creating that substance in your life. What are you really searching for? Wait, it's not about searching. It's about unveiling what is already deep within you. So a little bit health coaching, a little bit life coaching, a little bit regaining that truth within you. So do you want to know where to start? How to begin? It's easy. Call me. I will give you your first discovery call for free. So just contact me, KB, and say JBH free and you'll get your first discovery call free.